Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode four of Viral a podcast series following the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. I'm Ian Doyle. I know that some of this is coming as a real shock and it's going to involve big changes in the way we live our lives. And I know that I'm asking people to make enormous sacrifices. But we're doing it for each other. Together we can slow the virus in its tracks and push it back. Acting together as one nation, we can save many lives. Our economy will suffer, but it will bounce back. Lost time in school or college will be recovered, and in time, our lives will go back to normal. Above all, we all need to look out for each other. Ireland is a great nation. We're a great people. We've experienced hardship and struggle before. We've overcome many trials in the past with our determination and our spirit. And once again, we will prevail. That was a brief reminder of Leo Varadkar's statement in the early hours of yesterday morning from his state trip to Washington, D.C. I think most people around the country have been caught by surprise with how quick parts of the COVID-19 story that we've all been following have escalated. Today's podcast is a special programme dedicated to that news, but more specifically, the public's reaction to it at home. I caught up with Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun to talk through the latest news to come out of the Department of Health's press conference live from Bagot Street yesterday evening. Then keep listening for a special report on how Ireland has acknowledged news that large parts of our life are going to see vast changes as COVID-19 continues to infect large numbers globally. I am speaking with the Irish Sun's Adam Higgins. We're just finished in the Department of Health uh, press conference, which was a particularly busy one today. Leo Varadkar's address earlier on, what were the new measurements that he advised to bring into place uh, across the board around Ireland? It felt like a, a big moment in history earlier on when uh, when the Taoiseach came onto our TVs unexpectedly and, and announced this very serious measures to slow down the spread of this virus. So just to run through a few of them, schools, colleges and childcare facilities closed from 6pm today until March 29th. That also includes uh, cultural institutions, places like museums and things like that. They'll close as well. He's also recommended that all gatherings of people inside buildings, over 100 people, uh, would be cancelled. So that's your concerts, the Tree Arena, uh, Whelan's, places like that are calling off concerts now for the next few weeks. And he's also asked that people work from home where possible. So if you can work from home, you should work from home. And that if you have any symptoms at all, you should self-isolate for two weeks and call your GP and organise to be tested for the virus. There was a huge emphasis today, both in this press conference and Varadkar's speech, about firstly self-isolation, but also a collective effort together that this can't be stopped by individuals and that people really need to play their own part. Is there any level of you know self-deflection within that, do you think, or is it just reality of what we're facing now? No, this is very much going to have to be a team effort and a, and a country-wide response. He spoke... Uh, 
a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of days ago, sorry, it's, it's all extended <laughs> out now, but a couple of days ago he spoke about a one-nation response, and I think that's really what we're seeing now and what we're going to have to see, not only from the, the arms of the state, but also from the people that live in it. So when it comes to moving away from people, staying within this social space of a meter, like when you, when you go to the pub or to a restaurant, and it's also important to say that they're still open and mm. those people still do need your business, but when in them places you should sit about a metre away so that this virus doesn't spread quickly. That was the first thing that caught uh, my attention as soon as I walked into the conference today. Everyone was sitting uh, a lot further away from each other than they were the last couple of days. One of the things that got brought up earlier on was whether there's any indications these measures will be extended further than two weeks. Common sense would say that possibly they will and it'll all depend on what happens in between but what was said about this? The Chief Medical Officer of the Department of Health, Dr Tony Holohan, said that he can't give any solid dates after the 29th that they will keep them under constant review all of these measures but he did say that there could be extended periods so this could go on for longer than expected but I suppose for the past few weeks we've been kind of on COVID-19 time things change within the hour and so we really won't know until we see how effective these measures are. Obviously a virus doesn't know any borders do we know how often Dr. Tony Hulan is speaking with his counterparts up north and what joint measures are being brought in to contain this on the island of Ireland overall. There's actually been an interesting difference of opinion between here and the UK. So schools in Northern Ireland are still open and the UK are keeping their schools open. And they said that if they were to close schools that they might have to close them for a period of up to 12 weeks, which obviously would be very worrying for parents here, seeing as we've just closed theirs. But Dr. Tony Hulan did say that he is speaking to his counterpart in Northern Ireland almost every hour and he's speaking to his counterpart across the water and in the US and in Europe every day. So they are really on top of this. From working on this story, what have you found the reaction to be for you know regular families around Ireland who now face a new reality that they have kids that won't be in school? Everyone's circumstances have changed within the last couple of hours. What has the reaction been to it? Well, it's important to say that this is unprecedented. We've never been here before. I mean, in my short career so far in journalism, when, when this happened earlier on in the newsroom, I've, I've never seen the shock that was there. And I think people around the country now are afraid and they're panicking. But it's important to say that they shouldn't. 80% of us that pick up this virus will be fine. We'll have a mild flu, a mild cold, and we'll get over it. The people you need to look after now are the older people or the people who might have underlying medical conditions. So... When it comes to spreading the virus, you need to look after those people, maybe help them pick up their prescriptions, that sort of thing, and try and stay away and that sort of thing and check in on them regularly. Before we finish up as well, can we just run through some of the info we got in today's conference? I think one thing mentioned is that as the case rate increases, the individual information we get off cases will decrease. So we only got a more rounded figure today of 27 new confirmed cases. What do we know about this? There is a change attack here from the Department of Health. So usually when we come into these press conferences every day for the past week and a half or so, we would get the new number of cases, we would get the general area, whether it's the east, the west, the south, and how the person picked up the, the infection, whether it was from travel to Italy or was it community transmission and that sort of thing. Because the cases are becoming too numerous now, we have 27 new cases today, which is the highest singular spike so far. And because these cases are increasing in numbers what we're going to see now is a weekly we'll still get new updates every day of how many cases there are but we'll get a weekly update of where the cases are and how people are doing and that sort of thing another piece of information that we got from the conference today is that we have six people in intensive care units being treated for the virus three of those cases were just detected 
today or yesterday and if that increases significantly over the next period of time it would worry not only the health service because they might pick up the virus but also the capacity to care for people in ICUs. As breaking COVID-19 news developed all throughout yesterday, I thought it was important to see what the general public's consensus was after our busiest and most dramatic day yet of news relating to the virus. My first reaction as I stepped onto the top of Dublin's Grafton Street was how quiet the setting was for 5.30pm on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, it's a lot quieter, there's a lot less traffic. It took about maybe 20 minutes quicker to get into town and apparently it's very busy going out. I'm not surprised sure we knew it was coming so just for everybody needs to calm down we have loads of food nothing to panic about do you plan on making a trip to the supermarket this afternoon I already went to the supermarket a normal shop there's nothing I have friends who work in distribution the warehouses are stocked full they were planning on a Brexit shortage so there's loads of food so I'm not a bit worried about food I'm recording a podcast interview here but I didn't need to give you any guesses about what this is about what are your reactions today and all of the news we've heard so far yeah funnily enough I agree with it I probably should have happened earlier I know a lot of people are certainly we talk about the gig economy people are going to take a hit but it's probably better to take a hit now than take something a bigger hit uh, as it gets bigger Was this going to say interrupt your work life will you be working remotely or how will that affect you Uh, I'm going to try and work remotely as well it's not impossible for me so so it's not the end of the road in that regard. It's going to be logistically difficult. Uh, I do have to go to work next week, but you know it's changing so quickly that next week could be a completely different situation anyway. So I'm just worrying about today and tomorrow first. How have your reactions been to what's unfolded today, coronavirus-related? Um, well, it's, it might sound a bit extreme to some people, but um, they're obviously doing a lot of work in the backgrounds that we don't know about. And um, yeah, it needs to happen. We need to kind of take this thing serious now. I see a comfort pillow in your hand. Is yeah. That in your life is expecting? We, we have a little baby already. We have a, a little nine-week-old girl at home, Zaina. So uh, it's a little comfort breastfeeding pillow for, for the missus, <laughs> keeping the good books. And how has an event like this kind of changed your whole perspective, either on parenting or just the way you're approaching life for the next couple of months? Every single thing I do from a day-to-day basis has changed completely. My whole thought process has changed completely. That's not to say that I didn't think about things like this when I was a young father because I have a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old. But I'm very proud to say that me 21-year-old now is on our residence committee and he's going to knock on all the elderly ladies' doors tonight and make sure they're okay and see if they need any groceries. So I think in one sense the coronavirus is a really bad thing to happen. But it's also, as we have witnessed in our own community up in Rialto, Dublin A., it's actually bringing the community closer together. So uh, was something bad comes something good. Although the majority of people I chatted with remained relatively measured in their worries, it was clear that some of the public sentiment had manifested into either anger or frustration as to how the situation has been handled politically, but also by the public themselves. OK, well, I'm down in Dublin from Belfast for the day and I did have to kind of question myself, coronavirus capital of Ireland, Dublin got the schools closed, they've cancelled the St. Patrick's Day parade, we've done the same at Belfast. I totally agree, what's happened in China, what's happened in Italy, in both of those countries, they claim, with hindsight, they've left it too long. They tell us we're in containment, wash our hands, keep the personal distance from each other, fingers crossed, get through to the summer. We're not in containment, we're in contagion. We're allowing people who are infected right now to walk around the streets of Dublin, get on the buses, go to work, go to the universities, go into the bars, and infect other people. 
And then when it comes to this community spreading, is the time they're going to put the country in lockdown? So that's far too late. They've allowed 100, 1,000, 10,000 people to become affected before they decide, oh dear, with 50 deaths, now's the time they're going to lockdown. They should go into lockdown now. And I know it may potentially short-term rack the economy, but what, what is more important? balancing people's lives or balancing the economy. What way do you feel then when you see pictures of crowds of 100,000 plus in Cheltenham? Absolutely disgraceful. That is a time bomb that's going to come back and destroy uh, people and it's, it's going to cost lives so that big business and the people that are involved in the uh, lobbying of governments they're probably turning around and saying oh you can't cancel Cheltenham my god look it's only five days let's see what we can get through that's all about money probably for that whole betting industry that's going to make millions Sky Television ITV the local bookmakers I know loads of people Cheltenham take a couple of days off work they're in the bars having a drink there you are in the bars having a drink watching the racing uh, handling money, drinking out of glasses, uh, sharing whatever they're sharing at the end of the day. You know, it's just, it's a time bomb. And I think it's another disgrace that any government puts private business before the people when it comes to their health and safety. After Leo Varadkar's announcement yesterday morning, videos began to circulate of winding queues of major panic buying around the country. I wanted to dip my head into a busy city centre supermarket and see whether these were just isolated incidents or whether the rampant advice to deter stockpiling had fallen on deaf and panicked ears. Can you describe the scenery around us right now? Um, yeah, it's well, it's not too crazy. Um, to be quite honest, there seems to be a good amount of kitchen roll. I haven't, I'm actually not getting toilet roll, so I haven't really checked to see how much there is. Um, but yeah, there seems to be a lot of pandemonium around the city and around the country in terms of bulk buying and whatnot. So, um, yeah, yeah. And say, if we look into your basket right now, I don't see many dry goods. These are things that will go off in a couple of days. You obviously haven't bought into the stereo just yet. Um, well, I'm, I'm going by what people are saying in terms of supply chains. You know, um, the government have been saying and the, and the retailers have been saying there's strong supply chains, there's food there. So if everyone takes a sensible viewpoint, um, there will be no shortages from that perspective. So no. We're standing in the middle of Dunn Stores. Uh, you both have extremely full trolleys in yeah. front of you. Is this coronavirus related? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, we're just kind of freaking out because school's out and we're told to like stay at home. And as you can see, there's, there's not much to buy. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of shocking because especially as a med student, you don't really know because they just halted the year. They ended the year early. So we're just kind of we don't really know what to do. We don't know when we're going to graduate, to be honest. <laughs> it was kind of expected, though. I did like, not expect, no, because it, it happened, like, overnight. It was, they just pulled us from our rotations, and then the next day, they just cancelled the semester completely, so. The entire year. <laughs> the entire year. <laughs> Can you talk me through what's going on in your trolley as well? How are you going to stay stocked and prepped for the next couple of weeks? Um, we're trying to get a lot of water. Um, we're trying to get like the basics, but there are no basics. Like there's no chicken, there's no bread, there's no rice or pasta. So we're kind of stocking up on snacks for now. <laughs> are you stocking up? Yeah, I'm stocking up. Yeah, stocking up any tin food at all I can get my hands on. How, how worried are you? I'm not worried about it, but it's just when you have kids, yeah, you know, I'm worried for the kids. This was a common enough occurrence for the shoppers that I spoke to that their main anxieties didn't rest on their own situation in particular, but for that of their kids or other loved ones around them. That's your main concern really is your family, not yourself, your family, just to keep them safe. And when you have children to feed, um, 
I suppose you worry about what's going to happen and I think at this stage nobody really knows including the government and so I think people are just it's infectious this hysteria um, so I think everybody is buying into it and trying to do the best they can in that particular day in that moment so that's what I'm doing as well Can you talk me through your uh, trolley what is on the menu for the next couple yeah. of days have you stocked up dry goods or are you, have you thought that far ahead? Dried goods frozen food um, tinned products and a lot of pasta and rice just trying to cover the next couple of weeks so and we'll see what happens from there Overall, the reaction to the increased measures on the back of yesterday's press conference from Washington garnered a mixed reaction. With viral video circulating by the hour, it's often easy to think that everyone around us is either stockpiling food or materials and that we should all follow suit. But without sounding like a broken record, spinning the advice from a lot of this week's podcast contributors, it's hugely important not to panic and remain considerate to the people around us, especially those who might not be in a position, either financial or otherwise, to purchase one or two months' worth of supplies at a drop of a hat or political update in this case. Follow the advice from experts and the government. And limit your time spent on social media rabbit holes, because it can be addictive. Thanks so much for listening to the first week of Viral COVID-19. I'd like to say thanks to the Irish Sun's Adam Higgins for joining me as always, to lend his expert opinion on this ever-developing news. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.